the importance of sharing your school district story and how to do it. Welcome to episode number 26, everyone. That is what we are talking about today, a very important topic. I had the privilege to present this at Calsper last week in Santa Rosa, so we'll bring you that momentarily. Episode number 25, by the way, in case you missed that, was State Superintendent Tony Thurman and his remarks at Calspera. So we got to hear from him, his priorities as the new state superintendent, his backstory, his upbringing, and how he got to this point, which was a really great talk, inspirational. It's nice to meet him and get his insights as he gets into this new role and sets his priorities so you can listen to that. We actually hope to have Tony on the podcast for a one-on-one in the coming weeks to chat with him. So that will be great. Please look for that. We hope we can make that happen. Uh, Very interesting guy, and I hope he brings a lot of energy and his ideas and that money into California that all of us in public education need. And he did mention that where he hopes to see California as far as per pupil spending in this country and where we currently are is bottom 10, bottom 5. It is way, way too low. So his thoughts are on episode number 25. In April, April 5th, speaking of CalSPR, we're going to have SoCalSPR 2019, a mini regional networking conference for folks in Southern California in Arcadia. We had one a couple years ago. It was great. So we're going to have another one April 5th in Arcadia. You can register right now on CalSPR.org. Only $25 for CalSPR members. CalSPR likes to keep the cost very low. If you're not a member of CalSPR, still only $35 going to be a great day. My superintendent, Dr. David Van Ausdahl, and myself will be doing the keynote, and we'll be talking about our experience with ABC 2020 and Diane Sawyer. Our being on the show, or my superintendent being on the show, our preparations for it, and changing the negative narrative that was out there through media relations. We had a story from years ago about... um, transgender student in our district. We actually were the first district in the country to have a suit filed against us by the Department of Justice, a complaint filed against us, so that there was that negative narrative out there. Every time somebody wrote a story, a blog, or whatever it was, we were mentioned as, you know, the Department of Justice had to file a complaint against Arcadia Unified, and that really wasn't the story. Um, They did, and we actually worked with the Department of Justice, and It was actually a great process. Our policies are better, Um, but that was not the whole story. And so we decided to share our story. First, we did an interview with the Associated Press and said, you know, let's just not tell people back east, Midwest, how they should deal with transgender students, some of the policies, some of the issues that come up. Let's just tell our story, what worked for us, and hopefully that will help others. So it was a great process. Dr. Van Alstal did an amazing job. The show was just turned out to be fantastic. We, he ended up running into a former parent of one of ours, of a transgender student that Dr. Van Alstal had while he was principal at the high school, hugged him, said, you know, what he did for students changed her students, her child's life, and it was just very amazing. I think actually in this presentation, that you're about to listen to. I get emotional talking about this because it was a very emotional ordeal for us. A lot of pressure on my superintendent to do it. The preparation was through the roof 24-7 of what we did. Uh, 
talking points, mock interviews, talking with producers, setting it up, trying to get you know uh, as good of a feel and as much control as possible. And it was just um, it was an amazing process. My superintendent did such a good job. So we we haven't told the story. This this happened about two years ago, and this was part of the Caitlyn Jenner uh, part two of that um, the big reveal with Diane Sawyer. So they did a whole segment on education. And my superintendent, they called and said, we want to have him a part of this. We heard about his, you know, some of his uh, quotes out there in the Associated Press article. And so there's a great story to be told there. Uh, it's just a fascinating story about how we can all help students, no matter what their issue or what their obstacle may be at school. Um, and then, you know, how to work with the media, what you need to do to prepare for interviews. So we're going to tell that story. Dr. Van Alstal is just an amazing speaker, a uh, great advocate for students. So that will be the keynote on April 5th in Arcadia. You can register now at calspr.org. And then we're going to bring some other sessions as well on that day. So that should be exciting. And then a quick thank you before we get into this presentation about sharing your school district story. Thank you to all the listeners. Um, very stunned when I was looking through my analytics through the podcast uh, a couple months ago to realize that January was a record month for us. We usually get about 100, 120 listens per month, and then in January we shot up to over 500 downloads, which was the most we hit for a month in all time in a little over a year we've been doing this. And then in February we did another record of over 600 downloads in the month. So gotten some nice feedback from people that appreciate the podcast so thanks for that thank you guys for listening i'm here just to hopefully help others to advocate for public education tell your stories tell the stories of your students and staff so it's nice that whoever um, is passing along the podcast and sharing it i really do appreciate it and appreciate the nice comments so thank you all um, for subscribing listening and liking the podcast I appreciate it. So we're going to get into this podcast from my presentation at CalSPRA, and then I'm going to post the other one that I did with Amber, our public information officer, talking about our internship. I'll post that later this week, and I'll also post the slide decks in the description to the podcast so you can check that out as well. Again, you can look for me on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and my blog is ryanprferran.blogspot.com. And then you can connect with me on Twitter, Ryan P. Ferran. Love to hear from you. And uh, again, appreciate all the nice comments and everyone listening and passing along, sharing the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Any questions about this one? We get into kind of techniques of really getting global with sharing your School District Story through media relations, social media, and interns. And we go over, you know, kind of the video press release and some of these different techniques and tactics you can really use to help brand your school district and get that name. So when somebody's moving from the East Coast to your area, they go to your school and not pass on you. So you can attract high-quality teachers, get money in your district, and do those great things to help your students and staff. Again, thanks so much, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. Any questions, please let me know. And we will see you next time right here on the podcast. Good afternoon, everyone. We're going to get started. My name is Matthew Jennings, and I am your treasurer for CalSPRA. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being here. And I know Ryan, in particular, uh, thanks you for choosing his presentation over Tom DeLapp, which is, of course, a draw, right? And if anybody that doesn't know Tom, introduce yourself. He's a storyteller, and he's phenomenal. Um, I'm very happy to introduce uh, Ryan Foran here from Arcadia Unified. Um, I'm I'm humbled and honored to call him a personal friend. 
Um, his partner in crime, Amber, as well. They're two phenomenal people, and I think uh, by the time this session's over, you'll love them as much as I do if you don't already know them. If you're not following them on social media, if you're not checking out what they're doing with their websites, the digital internship program, you're not in the know. So be sure to look that up. They're doing some amazing things out there, really incredible work at their district. Very proud of the stuff they're doing. And on that note, they're here to share more about the importance of sharing your district story and how to do it. I welcome Ryan. Thank you, sir. I don't know about close personal friend, but no, just kidding. Uh, Matthew and the executive board, by the way, have done a great job for this conference. It wasn't an easy decision to have it here in Santa Rosa, but they want to give back to the community. And to put on a conference like this, when you have a full-time job doing what we do with all the fires we're putting out, uh, Matthew and the, the Calisburg crew, the exec board, we just give them a round of applause for all the work. Amazing. So I do appreciate you being here. Tom Delap is a legend in this game. So the fact that you are here, I appreciate that so much. You clearly don't know who Tom Delap is. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so a little bit about me. Uh, as Matthew said, I am the Chief Communications Officer um, in Arcadia Unified, which is in Los Angeles County, right next to Pasadena. We have the Santa Anita racetrack there, and just a great community. Before I got into school PR, I was a journalist. Who was in Christine Peck's session uh, last time? So she had a photo of her um, <laughs> up there, and she said, what did she say? I'm smiling out on the outside, and I'm dead on the inside. Yeah, yeah. I'm so dead on the outside, and I'm dead on the inside. <laughs> uh, I was a journalist, though, for 15 years in TV news. I, I did absolutely love it. Um, telling the stories, breaking news, um, the adrenaline of that was just an amazing career. At one point, I couldn't believe they were actually paying me to be a TV news reporter. Then I realized what they were paying me, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense of why they were paying me. It's not a lot. There's the aforementioned Christine Peck. Great session, by the way. I was saying, I'll repeat my bad joke. I was saying, you said you're smiling on the outside and dead on the inside. I'm dead on the outside, dead on the inside. So, there you go. So, uh, BA in journalism, I have a master's in communications with an emphasis in new media and marketing. I'm also very proud to say I'm the chair for the Southern California region of CalSpro. So, if you need anything, resources, group led dinner tomorrow night, by the way, La Rosa's will be the happening place to be. Um, if you need anything, though, feel free to talk to myself or any of the uh, executive folks on CalSpro. Also, taught a couple of college classes do the occasional PR consulting, and I do, I'm, I love school PR, I'm kind of a nerd, so I have my own blog, and I just started a podcast about a year ago. There's over 20-something episodes about school PR communication, social media, crisis communications. Just had two really awesome guests on, talking about uh, one, crisis communications, the guy who's the PIO for Columbine, uh, Rick Hoffman had him on my podcast and talked all about crisis communications, really good stuff. I've had Christine Peck on the podcast as well, talking about crisis communications, media relations. And I had Jason Wheeler from Texas on recently, talking about marketing and the importance of that for schools and attracting students and the like. And I'm on Twitter there as well. So feel free to reach out, be happy to chat with you. So we all know this, um, why we're all here and why we need to tell the, the stories of our school districts. The headlines today out in the media are not very good. 
teacher layoffs are happening left and right in our state and others. This is not a headline you want to wake up to. Uh, superintendent enrollment down by more than 4,000 students. That is a serious issue. What's behind the funding crisis? We all know huge funding crisis in our state. Teacher shortage. Then we need to go out and pass bond measures. What if they fail? Um, school shootings. And then there's this huge narrative out there mapping the movement to dismantle public education. So we are under attack in public education. So we all know there's so many good stories out there in our schools in public education to share. It's just we need to get them out there. So if you're not telling your story, who is? That's the question. A little pop quiz time. We won't go through it. You're all, this is uh, speaking to the choir here. But if you're not telling your story, you leave it up to somebody else to tell your story and you're probably not gonna like the way they tell it. So the answer to this trick question is of course, you, you should be doing the telling of your school district story. You saw all those media clippings about why we need to be telling our school district story. Here's another short list of why we need to do it, why it's so important. It really does increase morale without, uh, within your school districts. When you start posting about your teachers winning Rotary Awards and some of the amazing thing your students are doing, and then one teacher says to another teacher, hey, just saw you on the district Facebook page, congratulations on that award. That goes a long way for your staff to feel appreciated. And really that's so important to teachers and staff. They just want to feel appreciated. That, there's a lot of studies that have been done and shown, like everyone thinks it's money, but when it gets down to it, people just want to be appreciated. So. Um, recruitment of staff, you saw all the teacher shortages that we're all dealing with. Recruitment of students who's not dealing with uh, declining enrollment. Then you want the saturation of positive news. And then something I like to do too is kind of the next level is when you're doing these stories about your districts, it's kind of subtly reminding folks in the media and the community, this is a story about public education. When our kids are going off to the Ivy Leagues, I'm sure to remind them, this is public education. This is a free education that they're getting. We welcome everyone, and these are the success stories uh, that we're putting out. Sense of pride, the branding, the reputation management. Everyone wants transparency and communication, obviously. So this is just the short list of why we tell our stories in our schools and our school districts. Your community, they want to know, why should we support you? So it's interesting within school districts, right, because we're competing against ourselves, and this is us, all of us in California, education with our hands out, reaching for money, and we do it all the time because we have to do it. Funding in the state is terrible, and it's nowhere near where it needs to be. So in the meantime, it's us in the districts trying to figure out how we're gonna fund these programs and support our students. But our problem is we have the PTAs, or Ed Foundations, or Boosters, we're all actually competing for the same dollars. We're competing against each other, and then when we have to go out for the big money, when we need to do parcel taxes and bond measures, it's us, again, competing against our own people. But your community wants to know, why should we support you? Why should I tax myself again, give you more money, what are you doing? Um, so these are just some of the very important reasons to be sharing our stories. I love this quote from George Koros. Does anyone know George Koros? the big keynote speaker. So he was at the Arcadia Innovation Summit a few years ago, and he's not even a communications guy, but he believes in so much about telling the, the stories of our students and staff. 
Um, so this is a quote that I stole from him, saying, we need to make the positives so loud that the negatives are almost impossible to hear. So we're all going to get those negative stories. A staff member does something inappropriate, a board member puts something on social media. So we're going to have to deal with those. If that's the only stories that your community is seeing, it's gonna be very hard to do this because when they're going to vote for a partial tax, a bond measure, to volunteer for your PTA, they're gonna say, all I remember is that one story, that other negative story, none of the positives. But if you're saturating your community with those positive stories, they will give you the benefit of the doubt because they're gonna remember, I did see some good things happening. I saw that student award, I saw that teacher with that great program. Um, so the more positive stories you have out there, your curating is a lot higher. So when the negative hits, it's not going from here to here, it's going from here to here, which you can sustain that. So I'm big in social media, I love digital communications, but old school traditional communications is still important. Do not dump that for a Facebook page, for a Twitter. You see small businesses doing this, local politicians making this mistake. I'm just gonna use social media and digital communications and I'm gonna reach the world. Newsletters, as boring and as much as we all dread putting them together every month, they still work. Email blasts, paper flyers, our school marquees and our websites, those are huge. You have 800 parents every day driving to your school looking at the school marquee. Use it, it is very valuable. You won't get the analytics that Facebook will give you or Twitter, you won't see your reach, but it works. And there's a reason why companies like Facebook uses old school traditional marketing. Driving down the 210 freeway last year, I was stunned to see Facebook has a billboard. <laughs> which is a large paper flyer. <laughs> Think about this, Facebook, the largest digital media company in the world, knows that old school traditional still works. Anyone wanna take a guess why Facebook would put up a billboard in LA? Yes, Brandon? It's not liked right now by a lot of people. There's a lot of hate going on. So they're trying to improve their Absolutely. The LA traffic or Facebook traffic? Yes. But it's also not everybody is on Facebook still. So they know there's a lot of people in LA driving down the road that will see this. So do not forget about your old school traditional communications and reach. For the moment, we're gonna forget about the old school because we all know how to do that. We all know how to send the newsletters. But to reach the world, to really brand your school district, to get out to your region, your state, uh, we have students, we're lucky enough to be a global district where people are moving to LA for our schools, for the area. We have a lot of great school districts there. Uh, but what they're, what they're doing, they're not visiting campuses anymore. When mom and dad are moving from Boston to LA or to California, they're Googling us to see what schools, what neighborhoods they're going to move to. Why do parents with uh, families with children move to a certain community? The number one reason is us, it's the schools. But if they Google you and they don't see anything on there that's positive, I'm going to the next school district next door because I just need to live in the LA County and I don't need to live in Arcadia. So how do we do this? Media relations, social media, and student interns. This is how we reach the world and really brand our school districts. That's what we're gonna talk about today. So media relations, Christine just had an amazing, amazing session on this. Uh, the previous session, when I first got to Arcadia five years ago, it does take a shift 
Um, I talked about my experience in TV news, so I'm a journalist, I understand how the media works, which I think really helps us tell our stories and do the media pitches. But not everyone, we all know the principal or the staff member that they get the call from the media, and can we call them back Tuesday of 2022, or when can we get back to them? Uh, but that is not obviously uh, wise advice uh, to go by. So, and the LA media, they, they do get a bad rap. I mean, they'll start the newscast with Trump's latest tweet and then the car chase and then all that, but they do cover a lot of positive stories. Um, so they will cover it, but they just need to know about it, and that's where we come in. Gotta be responsive and reliable. Good, bad, or indifferent, you gotta get back to the media. Christine was talking about this in her last session about how many times just because she had a relationship with the media, the good stories, when they're looking just for a generic to localize a story, if they know I'm gonna call Arcadia and I can get a hold of Ryan or Amber, they'll call me back immediately, they're going to call us. I've had so many stories. First day of school, hot weather story. Hey Ryan, can we come out and just see what you guys are doing? We have a story uh, on ABC7 of our maintenance guys on the roof cleaning air conditioning and doing all this amazing stuff that is just looks wonderful for us, but if I didn't get back to them and the bad stories, they're not calling me to do those good stories. Um, so that relationship and trust is huge. Send press releases and stories. The media, maybe 15, 20 years ago, would do beat checks, they used to call them, and the reporter would call and say, hey, anything happening in your district, what's happening in your community? That has ended, the media has cut back, so we need to tell them of the stories. So a press release is a great way to do it. Build your media contact list, do a one-pager, send it out. Press conferences too, don't be afraid to hold a press conference. If you have something that you think is pretty exciting news, call a press conference. Have a little bit of sense of urgency and let the other outlets know that, look, we're getting a lot of requests for this, we're gonna do it all at once, it's very exciting. We'll bring the people in an interview, we'll give you some background, so make it easy for them. Don't be afraid to hold a press conference. We talked about relationship and trust. It's huge if you want to be successful in media relations. You cannot pitch stories, you cannot exaggerate things that aren't true or just kind of, um, you really need to be honest about what the story is and let the reporters and journalists decide if they want to cover it. Again, cooperate with the media in negative stories. Always better to have a voice in a story, even if it's we're aware of it, we know what's going on, no comment, you'll hear this in any media relations session is the worst thing you can do because a lot of times they just associate that with guilt, you don't know what's going on, um, so always get in there and be like, at the very least, we're aware of this, we're looking into it, um, get back to them. So some of the techniques, we talked about a few of them, again, they won't seek you out. We try to make it super easy for the media, especially our smaller papers that are shoestring staffs right now because of cutbacks are barely hanging on. So if we send them a well-written, one-page article, include a photo and a quote, most of the times it's copy, paste, and print. They know it's good writing, they're looking for content, or either online, in print, or whatever, they're all competing against each other. The more content they have, the more traffic they have. So if they can get a good story and do literally 30 seconds of copying, pasting it, they will love that. Um, Christine also talked about the video press release. That's the next level of media relations that you need to be exploring if you're not. We use this a lot and it's very effective. 
Um, because I worked in news, I did have a lot of times I had to go out and shoot my own video and do that, so I'm familiar with it. But don't let that intimidate you. The video press release will be the easiest video you ever put together in your life. They don't want transitions. They don't want music. They don't want text. They want simple 40 seconds, and that is basically it. If you can do some shot sequencing, it's fine. Throw it in iMovie to do simple cuts. It's very easy. Send it to them. And um, also, as Christine said, suggested script. Write them what you think they should say. They want to edit it, great. I've seen some of the biggest stations in our market basically take verbatim what I send them, copy paste, and it reads right on the air. Video press releases are huge. Uh, so start doing those and start looking into those. If you want, I'll send you a template of what one of those looks like. Just send me an email. I'll send you exactly how I pitch it, the suggested script, and how I link the video. Um, also, to get stories, all your schools, your PTAs, they have newsletters, email blasts. Check those out. Make sure you subscribe to those because you're going to pick a few good nuggets each month when they send those out of like, oh, this is a pretty cool story. Let me pitch this to the media. You can also create a Google form for people to submit uh, stories throughout your district. And once you start getting media stories out there and posting them on your social media, your other principal of the other school will be like, how did that happen? And you say, here's the Google form, or this is how you do it. Um, and then, of course, interns, which we'll talk a little bit about uh, in a moment. Right, do you get a good response from the Google forms? We, I'm lucky, I don't have to use the Google forms, but just if that's an option that you can use if you're trying to get submissions for story ideas. Uh, we kind of know, I'm good relationship with our principals where they kind of know what to tell me and how to tell me and all that sort of stuff. So this is an example of simply notifying the media and knowing what a decent story is. Um, we're just gonna watch like 30 seconds each of these clips and I'll kind of do a little explaining of what they are. Dreaded spinning wheel of loading. Oh, okay, thank you. Well, it's graduation night at Arcadia High, and they must be doing something right because several of the grads are heading off to Ivy League schools. I was just a quarter Amy Powell talked to two of them, and she's live with that story. Hi, Amy. Hey, Ellen. Well, it really is pretty amazing, and we're getting ready for the start of graduation ceremonies here. But just to give you an example, they have three students heading to Harvard, four to Yale, seven to Cornell, and the list goes on and on. These students are well-rounded, but they're also really smart, and tonight they're celebrating together. Simone Chu and Stanley Yu, two of the graduating students who contributed to an extraordinary achievement. Arcadia High has at least one student heading to every Ivy League university in the country. <laughs> um, I think that's what we call Arcadian excellence. Um, I didn't even tell her to say that. <laughs> Can anyone dance while this loads? Christine. <laughs> Where's the video on this? <laughs> Arc 
Arcadia High School's class of 2017 is sending some pretty impressive graduates off to college. And here's what makes this group of graduates picking up their diplomas today so special. At least one student has been accepted into every single Ivy League university in the country. And what's more, One more 30-second clip and you'll get the idea. Maybe. An impressive academic feat for Arcadia High School. For the second year in a row now, graduating class there has at least one student accepted into every Ivy League university <coughs> in the country. And before... All right, you noticed a common theme there. Now, do you think the media came out to our graduation to cover it, and then they did their own research? Wow, I discovered for the second year in a row that they have at least one student going to the Ivy Leagues. No, they did not do that. I sent them that information because they trust me, they all ran with it, and pretty much they all use the same storyline that we sent them. So it's incumbent upon us to find those storylines send them to the media, make their job very easy. So now what we do at graduation, how many graduation, high school graduations are there every year? Thousands, how many are on the news? Not that many. We make it super easy. We send them the storyline for that graduation that year. We tell them we're gonna get you the valedictorian at 4.30 right before they're about to go out. We'll give you 10 minutes to do an interview. Here's the talking points and we make it super easy. 2008, the next year, and then, of course, besides the TV, there's other newspapers that pick it up as well. So even if they don't show up, they still have the story. So because we sent them all the bullet points about that and a little press release, so they still have the story. 2008, damn Harvard, they didn't take one of our kids that year. So I didn't have three years in a row of one student. Gets, so I was so upset, but we did pretty good and we had another story to share with the media which you'll hear from in like 90 minutes after this loads. <laughs> we had a rare feat tonight for seniors at one San Gabriel Valley High School. They're celebrating a 100% graduation rate. All 869 seniors at Arcadia High School graduated. 100% graduation rate at such a large public school is practically unheard of. The national average is somewhere around 82%. And I know, like going to a school of about 4,000 students, it's always been hectic in the hallways during the passing period, but it means a lot to all of us. So again, it's me sending the media, they don't know how many kids we have, so I send them that. They don't know what the average high school graduation rate is, they don't know how unique this is. So I send them all that, tell them when the student will be available, come on down, and if they didn't make it, I'll shoot it myself and send it to them. Um, so one of the, I mean, people say, how do you get all this media? The real trick is I tell them things. You know, you just have to communicate with them. I know, it's a real brain buster, right? You just tell them these things. Um, and that's one of the things that I found interesting when I got to school PR is that there's so many amazing, all of us can walk on a school campus each day and find like 20 amazing stories. But for some reason, the folks on those school, they're just used to that. So when you come in with that outside lens of, I think that would be interesting, 
Um, so always think about that, what you're seeing on the news and what's happening at your school and what would be newsworthy. Um, you'll find there's a lot of things. Here's an example of a video press release that I sent to um, the media. This was at one of our public schools luncheon. I'm gonna hit this now while I talk. Um, public schools luncheon where we celebrate students and staff. press release will be the easiest video you ever put together. That's just being a tripod. There's not, there's not one ounce of movement, there's no editing, nothing. But it's just the content of the video that matters. Sent that out and all the stations picked it up. We did kind of a rough analysis and probably that one story with an adorable kindergartner reached one million people. Between the TV news coverage, their social media coverage, um, about one million people. And that's me just, uh, I'll record this for our social media, then I'm like, this is adorable, these kids are amazing. Um, let me just send it to them and say, hey, I have some video, might be adorable, they watch and they go, that is adorable. That's another media relations tip, being a reporter, um, is don't, I used to get calls in the newsroom from a PR firm, from somebody, from Susie going, I have this story, your, your viewers are gonna love it and she would tell me how great it is and tell me what the story is. And journalists, we're, we're narcissists, we have egos. We don't like to be told what our job is and what a good story is. So I would never call a news station and say, I have your story, this is amazing, you need to run this. I tell them, here's a possible story, I don't know what you think, if you want it, I have more information, let them make up their mind. It's like somebody walking into your superintendent, I know their curriculum that they need to do is like, Dude, I've been doing this for 40 years, I'll tell you what we need to do. So always make it like, here's, I, I think this might be a decent story, I don't know what you think, I have some photos, videos, um, and you can decide. This is not that exciting. Um, this is just us, because we want to attract teachers, right? And teachers want to work in innovative districts where they're allowed to do very interesting things. So I was on campus one day and realized that one of our uh, kindergarten teachers was teaching coding. And I'm like, I don't think I learned coding in high school, and they're doing it in kindergarten. Like, that's a story, that's impressive. Um, and while it's happening throughout our campuses, and that's just normal for teachers and our district, it's not normal uh, in the general public. So I was like, that's a story. Well, when it comes to uh, coding, some local kids rule the school and they could teach us a few things. No kidding. As part of the Hour of Code global movement, these kindergartners are learning that the skills that could take them very far into the future. Eyewitness News reporter Brandy Hitt joined them for a lesson. With each keystroke and their own notebook, these five and six year olds are already learning to code. I can push some of my hands. <laughs> the kindergartners at Arcadia's Holly Avenue Elementary are using a computer game. Each 
programming a monster to hunt down and find candy. Well, it wants to get the candies and then we need to make it get candies by showing the arrows. I finished the whole thing. And there's things that you have to jump over. He eats it and then he gets to move on to a to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> what's called the Hour of Code Week, a global movement encouraging millions of students to learn computer science in 180 countries around the world, no matter their age. They have to be the brain of the computer. They have to tell the computer what to do. Learning so coding Let's face it, computer coding is something most adults don't have. So look, this is one of those things where it's you kind of need to be the reporter to recognize what a good story is. They said the hour of code, it's something that schools all over the globe are doing. There's millions of students participating. How many have news stories that are highlighting it? I saw kindergartners doing this and I'm like, that is impressive. I don't think everyone knows about this. So I just notified the media and said, hey, there's this big global movement and we have kindergartners, five years old, doing it. My other secret media relations tip Use kindergartners a lot. <laughs> they are adorable. So we had a story that kind of sparked before I got to the district. Um, transgender student in our schools. Um, and it really wasn't, one of the main issues was a summer camp, which didn't even involve our schools. Um, which bunk would they stay in? Boys, girls, could mom, dad get there? So to make a very long story shorter, uh, the Department of Justice got involved and we had a suit filed against us and we were the first district in America to have the Department of Justice file a suit against us and work with us about our transgender student policies in our schools. So that negative narrative was out in the media. So every time somebody wrote, uh, a reporter, a blogger, somebody wrote about tra transgender issues in schools, there was no doubt there was going to be one sentence in there. The Arcadia Unified School District was the first district in the country to be forced to work with the Department of Justice on these issues. Then that's all it would say, it would go on. So that's obviously not what we wanted in there, and that was not the whole story. We had an issue, we actually had a great experience working with the Department of Justice. Our policies are better, um, our student is thriving, now graduated to high school and uh, didn't seek any publicity. So the story that is being put out there was not the story that happened. But it kept you know, being written about, and this is, it, was, it is what it is. Um, and so when another reporter from the Associated Press was researching this issue with transgender students in schools, they of course came across Arcadia Unified, the first district, uh, to work with the Department of Justice. So they called and said, we'd like to talk to your superintendent about this, we're doing a story. So we talked, oh, a little bit ago about changing the culture of media relations. So I went to my superintendent and said, look, we have an opportunity to tell our story, to do this interview with the Associated Press. What do you think? He said, what do you think? I said, what do you, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I said, let's, because as we all know, people will take any issue and make it a political one, right? So I said, let's just tell our story Let's not tell people back east how they should deal with transgender students. Let's not tell people in California how to deal with it. Let's tell them what worked for us and why we were successful with this. So he said, great idea, let's do it. We put together our talking points. 
and we did the interview. In that interview, or I think it was in the amicus brief, our superintendent was quoted as saying, once you get the lawyers out of the room, everything will take care of itself. Basically, get the damn lawyers out of there, talk to the families, talk to the students, and see how you can accommodate. That's what we do in schools. We want to make all children connect, so that's what we did. So fast forward another year, ABC 2020 calls, saw that quote, Diane Sawyer loved it, so they're doing part two of Caitlyn Jenner, um, that whole story, and they're doing a whole 15 minute segment on transgender students in schools. They love that quote so much, they wanted our superintendent to be a part of that. Um, so he goes on, we do this whole thing, um, was just amazing in it. Our superintendent, there's another transgender student's mom that was there that day, it was this backyard barbecue conversation, goes up to our superintendent, hugs him, said, you did so much for my student. It was just this amazing moment of just the care that our superintendent took to get this kid who was struggling through high school. Get choked up talking about it now. But that opportunity would never have happened if we don't say, yes, we'll do that interview. We'll tell our story. So that turned into ABC 2020. Six million people see this part. And now the, the narrative has shifted 100% from the first district in the country to have to work with the Department of Justice to this district knows how to work with all students. So CalSPRA plug. April 5th, we're holding a SoCalSPRA conferencing network. My superintendent and I will be talking all about this whole story, about the media relations, changing the negative narrative, uh, how we prepared for it, the mock interviews, talking to the producers. I still have heart palpitations from this whole process. So I think it'll be, it'll be really good, so SoCalSPRA. April 5th. Hey, Ryan, real quick yes, question. Do you, do you know anybody else uh, that has Diane Sawyer on their flyer? Um, is that just because our kid is awesome? I, you know, I don't know anybody else. He's awesome. Thank you, sir. Matthew Jennings, everybody. <laughs> so a couple more examples of video press releases. I'll get these fired up, and I'll start talking, and they'll load, and I won't start talking, and they won't load. <laughs> um, again, this is just an easy iPhone video. Peacocks are permanent residents in that area, of course. 
Their presence is often met with good-natured tolerance or not by the locals, no doubt. The peacocks were certainly welcome tonight. Mm. It can be very pretty. And noise that. <laughs> How are you? Oh, uh, they're pretty though, right? They're beautiful. Yeah. Put your ears. So that is again that remember we talked about the easiest video you're ever gonna put together is the video press release. This is again iPhone on tripod. I didn't do one edit there. Maybe I looped it once. Um, but that was it. And I, I was at this concert in the Arboretum. I'm like, this is beautiful. And I'm like, oh my God, there's. And for, you know, it's so weird, when I first got to Arcadia, guy was showing me around town, there's peacocks all over the place. I'm like, do you want to explain this to me? Or is this, it's just a normal thing in Arcadia. As a news reporter, I go, no, that's amazing. That's not normal. I know you guys have peacocks at all the schools and stuff, but this is cool. The rest of LA does not know about this. So when the peacock walks across, I'm like, wow, it's not only do they know about our amazing choir program and our orchestra that's out there, we hold concerts in the park, but it's just kind of a cute, really cool story that took little to no effort to put together, send it to them, and they're reading the script. That was my suggested script. I sent them, copy, paste, on the news. Everyone's happy, except those who hate peacocks. <laughs> Another thing we do is we track our media stories on our website, and this does several things. Um, it improves your search engine optimization. We talked about when Families moving from Boston, Texas to California to your area, when they're searching for schools to go to, this will help your search engine optimization in Google. So the more places your links are of stories, the higher it's going to show up in a Google rank. So create a page with all your media stories in the news, Arcadia in the news, or whatever your district is. Ken. Um, I, I've done this before, but then there's the double-edged sword of um, when, they, when there's a bad story that's out there. We don't put those on our website, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> it's your website. <laughs> I've never had that question. I mean, it's a good point. Everyone's like, what do you put on there? It's just the ones I want on there. Yeah. And I've never had anybody say, why, why isn't that story on there? It's our website. You can put it on your website. <laughs> so that's how we do it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Google Alerts, free, very accurate. You'll get some real estate listings that will annoy you, but it's free and they're pretty good about it. So yeah, Google Alerts, and then you can put in, we'll give you different search terms, so you can put in your district name, abbreviation for it, you can put in a Google Alert for all your schools, your elementary schools, do one for yourself, so when you're mentioning the news, you know about it. Do one for your superintendent, so when the superintendent's mentioned, they know about it. So Google Alerts, I've been using it for years, it is free and it's very, very reliable. Christine. Do you have any issues with um, links, dead links or broken links? Like, or do you embed like videos or do you just link? I just link and that is an issue. I've discovered a couple broken links. Um, Amber, we have to talk on Monday. Uh, no, but yeah, once in a while, some of the news, like from a few years ago, they'll, they'll go bad because it's just, they're not keeping it up on their end. Um, I actually will still leave it on there, though, because it just looks awesome. But wow, all these positive media stories out there. And it's a really good, easy reference. So when I'm like, oh, what's that story they did? And sometimes I'll use it as own background information for myself. Um, it's just all right in that page. Um, and again, it looks very impressive. 
So media relations, I'm big into it, and for us, it has paid off. When I, before I got to Arcadia, probably less than 10 stories. Once we started tracking, I started building those relationships, sending out more press releases, doing video press releases. They started increasing. Uh, probably the last two years, we've been doing a lot more video releases. So, I mean, the last year we got 115 positive news stories, and that's just not the football team or volleyball team won their game Friday, or they can put those on there. These are more about the kind of district and schools in general, um, so it can be done. So, over 360 positive media stories in less than five years' time. Um, so it can be done, and it's not always done correctly. Can anyone spot the error? Not at this table. Yes. So our superintendent, he's, he's amazing. I wish you could all work with him. He's so open. He has a lot of great marketing ideas and strategies, and he's just, he's smart. Uh, if somebody else I was working for, maybe Diane Sawyer called, I'd be like, mm, I was very confident in him. So even stuff like this, he really doesn't mind. Um, his name is David Van Ostal. He is a little bit shorter than most. He does wish he was tall, but it is spelled wrong. And you can see his name tag is right there as well. So they don't always get it right, but don't let that discourage you. Um, then you need to be the reporter. This is where I think um, former so funny over there. <laughs> yeah, we're on the baseball field. That's a green screen. I have a whole blog about how we do this studio. Yeah, yeah. I know it's a good thumbnail, isn't it? And this guy is the best. We spent 20 minutes talking about his beard. I mean, that, you don't want to know anything else, really. Uh, so this is when you need to be the reporter. So in the media, they're not always going to come out. They're busy. They're not going to come out and do a story on the LCAP and do an interview, 20-minute interview, explaining the LCAP to your parents. So this is when you need to do it. Um, we created a green screen at our district office, kind of behind my office, um, for less than $200. Um, we use the iPhone. You don't need to be a videographer and have a big, fancy $5,000 camera. And we use iMovie to edit these. I'll show you just 45 seconds of this one, and it'll kind of explain what we do and why we do it. Student intern created that nice open for us. Episode number 22 of the Digital Education Station, everyone. So glad you could join us. Dr. Manalstal, thank you for being here as always. Always a pleasure. We started the Digital Education Station about a year and a half ago, and as mentioned, we are now 22 episodes in. We started it just to get more information out about processes, procedures, and curriculum, and everything that's happening throughout the Arcadia Unified School District. A lot of people can watch it on YouTube, Facebook, all the episodes are on our website as well, ASD.net. A lot of people tell me they listen to it just like a podcast as they're cruising into work. So it's uh, information is getting out there. Episode 21 a couple weeks ago was with our city manager, Donovan Glazzarato, about the new development in Arcadia, which is very exciting. So if you missed that, that is available as well. Today, like binge watch on Netflix. You can just go to our channel. There you go. Days of content. When, they, when people say, what are your weekend plans? I'm going home watching Netflix. If they ever say, I'm going home and watching the binge watching the digital education station, we're there. We will be thrilled. So today we were talking about personalized learning, and we talked a lot about it last year. And So that is the digital education station. We have over 20 episodes. The media is not going to do a story about 
personalized learning that actually they did a couple before us but not dive deep and do all these things that we want to get out to parents if our board members love this if we have new staff they can come on we have this library of things that are happening throughout our schools we have restorative practices on there um, just all these different things we're doing um, it's easy to do through iMovie again our setup is less than two hundred dollars we shoot it all on the uh, smartphone Amber's our videographer for most of those and it's just uh, it's been super helpful for us to get the word out about some things that normally wouldn't get out there. And as we all know, video is king, so video does a lot better than the written word on social media and the like. Um, then we also did this for our coaches. We want um, our community and others to know that our district is more than academics in the band, that we have a great sports program. So we've done a coaches corner. Myself and Amber will host uh, different segments with the teams, talk about the season, the big game, the playoffs, uh, the coaches love it. And then we talk while they're there, we'll be like, hey, you should probably get on Twitter and Facebook, and then they do that as well. Um, so it's been great. So, but this is where, you know, you don't really need to be that expert in video, but these are simple things. And you don't need to start with a fancy green screen and all that. Sit down with your superintendent in his office, no fancy background, you don't need to do the edits. Just get the information out. And these are things you can easily do. Again, when the media doesn't answer, social media. So where do you put these videos? You don't have a social media, um, obviously your website, but this is why we spend so much time, especially when I first got here, and in investing into social media and getting our following up. So when we do have things to post, there's an audience to get it. If you have a Facebook page and you have a district with 20,000 students and you have 100 followers, that's not good. Let me give you one amazing tip right now. Send an email blast to all of your parents and tell them you have a Facebook page and a Twitter page. Add in that, you will be telling them emergency communication information through those pages. It's not clickbait, you will be doing that. If their email's down, yours is down, you will be sending it out on social media. Even if it's not down, you'll be sending it out on social media. When they see Facebook, Twitter, emergency communications, like, 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 your like and your reach is gonna go up hundreds with one email blast. We send that reminder once a year, every year, to get our following up. It's also why we post so much, is because the more you post, the more followers, the more people see it. There is some arguments we've done the algorithm, but um, that's why we invest so much in social media. School district's not on social media. You are a decade late, but it is not too late. So social media is the key. It's amazing to me that some districts, their boards and stuff are still scared to get social media. Um, just have them call me. I'll talk them off the ledge. It is, there are some bad things on social media, but the positive returns, the ROI is amazing for social media and the reach. Um, and of course, we all know I mean, did CalSpro 2019 happen? Yes, because we saw the hashtag on Twitter, right? Um, so social media outreach techniques, yes. When you talk about your social media page, do you talk about just Arcadia Unified School District or do you have one for school? So we started with a district one so that everything would come to us. And then I'm fine now if the other schools get their own social media pages, but if I'm just starting, I'm just doing one at the district level first, so everyone knows that is the main platform. Everyone will send you stuff, and then you can build out from there. 
you do it the other way, I would fear that the district site is not going to get as much love as the schools because there's that emotional connection with the schools opposed to those stiffy suits in the district office. I don't care what they have to say. So we started at the district level. So get content providers, your principals, your teachers, they are huge in this. This is why our superintendent is so amazing, our board, because we enable our staff. We don't block Facebook and Twitter at our schools. If you're a teacher and the superintendent walks in and you're on Facebook, you don't panic. It's fine. It's acceptable. We want you there. We want you sharing and telling our stories. So what we did when I first got there, we're holding workshops all the time for staff about how to get on Twitter. We now do a part of our new educator academy every year when we have all these new teachers and staff. It is a program that my superintendent wanted in that day is tell them how to get on Twitter. So now every time we have 40 new teachers, they're all on Twitter and 80% of them will be tweeting, sharing the great things happening throughout their schools. Time of day matters for school districts, for us, Facebook. Uh, it's called Insights. Go check out your Insights page or tab. It'll tell you exactly when the most amount of your followers are on social media. For us and for I'm sure all of you guys, it's between 7 and 9 o'clock at night. There's other times of day, but those usually the best time if it's not urgent. Photos and videos obviously do better than just text. Uh, we also break news. Uh, kind of be the news source, the news outlet on your social media. Um, that will bring people to your page. And then create your own, obviously, unique hashtags. Um, one we use, obviously, Arcadia Innovation is one we use for um, the conference we hold, but Arcadia First Day is a great one because it's the first day of school, and every mom, dad, grandmother, grandfather has what in their hand? A camera, and they're already posting to social media. Just have them add the hashtag. Um, we collect all these pictures, it is easy, and it, we get thousands now that we've been doing it for a while. So we now have over 3,000 followers on Twitter because we've best invested in it, but because we've done the workshops, um, teaching our staff how to do it, every superintendent, every board member, every principal, every assistant principal, and over 300 teachers and staff are on Twitter. Amber and I can take two months off and you're still gonna see a train of Arcadia annoying the heck of you, annoying the heck out of you on social media because they're all on there. Um, one tweet we sent out reached 54,000 people, just one example, uh, I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but make sure you mention people and organizations you're working with. If you're doing a fundraiser with the Salvation Army, make sure you tag them. The news reporter comes out, does a story, tag them, because if they retweet it and they have 20,000 followers, that's huge. Um, and then follow and favorite people. I see these accounts that, there's one of these uh, great dessert shop in my hometown that puts all these amazing things on Twitter, but they have two followers, and I am one of them. I'm like, I already, but they don't, because they they're following nobody. So if you don't follow anybody, you don't interact with anybody, nobody knows you're out there. So when you're on Twitter, be following your local police, your local fire, um, your library, so you can interact with them, they see you on there, um, you need to kind of be active out there as well. Again, the hashtag campaign, I talked about this one, Arcadia First Day, this is like branding gold. We get all these adorable pictures. Again, we go to the kindergartner well. 
use the young kids. Uh, but look at just so adorable. And then this is a news reporter that actually picked this, picked this story up on Twitter because she saw it. Um, and then Arcadia Innovation Summit, it just really helps the brand. So you can steal that, put it in your district, first day, send me a check next week. <laughs> Our Facebook page now has over 6,500 followers. Facebook's great. The algorithm has changed, and so it's a little more difficult for community pages because it's favoring friends' pages. That even though we're nonprofit, we're not selling anything, our voice is not getting out there as much because of the new algorithm, which is not great for us, but Facebook is still our main demographic for our parents, which is key um, in recruiting parents as well. One Facebook Live video we did, of course, video is huge. Live video is amazing on Facebook. This is just one from a couple years ago. I did a live video of our band rehearsing for the Rose Parade. It wasn't even a big Rose Parade and almost 70,000 people reached from a two-minute live video we did. But what's more impressive is the comments and the community pride from all these former alumni and band members chiming in with school pride and beaming. I was in the band, played trombone in 1982. Love to see uh, the Apache still out there. Um, so the community support um, and that brand that you get, that good emotional feeling, is so worth it. Will somebody come on and say, your chief communication officer is a dum-dum and we don't like him, yes, they will. We simply delete it and move on. Um, happens a lot, actually. Also, we talked about the teacher shortage and what a crisis that is. We use social media all the time to try and recruit for teachers and staff. We have some positions, my HR staff will send us Amber and I an email, we need to push this back out there. Uh, we use face, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter for that, and we've seen good results. Um, so this one post about some positions we're hiring reached 8,000 people. When you're, a when you're in a hiring shortage, teacher crisis, this helps a lot. One thing I found that works really good though, um, as opposed to posting a position as a single position, like, hey, we're hiring a math teacher, Go to the EdJoin and do the search and all, the, all your district positions, so count them up, and then say, hey, we have 20 job openings. Here are some of them. So then you'll, you'll find people are tagging their friends um, and getting more reaction because you have, you're a local district and you have 30 job openings. Um, so once in a while, every few months, do, hey, this is how many job openings we have. This is what they are, do a brief list, and then send them the EdJoin link. Uh, works wonders for us. And then, we only have so much time and energy to do stuff. Um, when I first got to the school district, I was like, there's so many amazing things that we're doing, but I cannot get to it all. So we established a internship program, digital communications internship program. If you are in the room and you're in this photo, please raise your hand. <laughs> so Christine actually a couple years ago came up to learn about our internship program, now has an amazing one down in Poway. Um, student interns are kind of a game changer. So we now have about 26 of them. They're at events all the time, and we're doing a session, by the way, tomorrow, exclusively on how to create a digital communications internship to help tell your stories. 
Um, they're basically the news reporters for our district. They're at all of our high school games, our concerts, our events. We need them to go to a board meeting. Uh, Amber and I are both here. We have a board meeting tomorrow, sending two interns to go cover it for us. Um, so this has been huge for us. Drastic increase in events covered. The saturation of positive news is just amazing. Social media growth, huge. Um, and we love working with students. It's really fun. No offense to you guys, but students are a little cooler to work with. Um, so that has been so cool to mentor some of these students. And some of them we've had for three and four years in our program. So you see them grow, go off to college, do all these amazing things. Beg them to hire you in a few years. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. A couple years ago, they put together this video. If we had time for it, I would show it to you. But, um, and it wasn't like a Steven Spielberg production. But because it was helping to save us money by getting tips about how to take care of your Chromebooks out, we were getting all these um, fix-it tickets for the Chromebooks, which was costing us a lot of money. So we just said, hey, we need to get the message out how to properly take care of these things. Um, feel free to get that information out and be entertaining and funny at the same time. So they did such a good job, and it's something I didn't have time to do um, all of this. Employ the interns, they actually won an award for their video from CalSpring a couple of years ago. Um, social media, we actually turned the keys over to our social media to some of our high school students. That scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> but once you have an intern program, you start to know the kids. You know they're smart, you know they're responsible, you know they're good writers. And we said, all right, go ahead and start posting. When I first turn the keys over, I'd be like, send me what you're going to post, let me review it. And then I'd be like, all right, I trust you. Something ever bad happened, learning experience, it's a student intern. When I mess up, oh, that must have been one of our interns, sorry about that. <laughs> but we're able to post so much more on Facebook and Instagram now. Um, Last year, we got actually recognized as the, one of the top 10 best school Instagram accounts in the world. Um, and we wouldn't have done that without the help of our student interns because they're posting really quality stuff. They're able to stay on top of it. So we're mentioned with the likes of Cal Berkeley, School of Visual Arts, University of College London, Arcadia Unified number seven on that list. Ironically, I had no idea that we were named in this uh, BuzzFeed thing. Somebody sent us this article through Instagram. Wow, how ironic. So our typical reach for us on Facebook, because our student interns will post four or five times a night, over 100,000 people in a typical month, and our average post, about 133 a month. So that's about four and a half posts per day. So if you go to our Facebook page, you will see a saturation of positive news um, all day, every day. And that's uh, great for us, and it's a great learning experience for our students. Last year, 207 events covered by our interns. There's only 183 school days in a year. This is a snapshot of our Google's folder um, that we keep all of our photos in. On average, there's about 50 photos in each folder. That's 10,000 pictures. Our student interns took a loan last year, not including Amber and myself. So just think about that and how much the student interns have really helped. It is definitely amazing. Obviously here are the benefits of DCI. Again, we're having a session on it tomorrow, but it's just been 
it's been huge for us, a total game changer, and really helped us get out the word. And then you can have a DCI mascot, Amber's dog Sticks. There's really no point to this other than just be like, look how cute Sticks is. I told Amber if Sticks ever goes missing, I definitely took her. I love Sticks. So our ask to all of you guys in this room, and I know this is why you're here, you're amazing, be a communications ace. Advocate, celebrate, educate. It will be to the better of our students and our world for everybody for years to come. Thank you.